This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 48, San Diego Comic-Con and Gotham News. Hi, and welcome back to Gotham TV Podcast. This is episode 48 of our show dedicated to the Fox TV show Gotham and the connected DC universe. We've been away for a little while, but uh, we're back to talk all all about San Diego Comic-Con and all the Gotham news that's happened while we've been gone. I'm one of your hosts, John. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. <laughs> we'll also be uh, talking about the DC news as well at San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, yes, we may be swapping personalities, it would seem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, welcome back. Uh, John, what have you been up to? I've been lying in the sun in the south of France. Very nice. What have you been up to? I've also been lying in the sun in the south of France. A lovely villa in the Ardèche region of southern France. Yeah. Sun, great wine, Cheap great wine. food, um, canoeing, mm-hmm. cycling, walking, all that kind of stuff. Really nice break, yep. but at the and same no time... no internet connection either, <laughs> yeah, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of books, though. Lots of books. Absolutely. Um, and in the sun, getting a bit of a tan, swimming in the pool, all that kind of stuff. I uh, hope we're not making you too jealous. <laughs> um, but, you know, great time. Um, but also, I have been doing a little side project, um, Hannibal Podcast, um, for TV Podcast Industries, which is part of the Gotham TV Podcast and the Defenders TV Podcast podcast grouping mm-hmm. um so yeah i've been um podcasting on season three of hannibal and um, unfortunately the the last season on nbc at least That's but right. um with uh my friend irene who's also on the defenders tv podcast uh, about the netflix marvel um daredevil a.k.a. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and the Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been podcasting on all things Hannibal. So if you enjoy a more mature podcast, and by that I mean that we're talking about gore and horror, there's um, fruity language, yes. um, all that kind of stuff, then please um, check us out, listen to us um, on tvpodcastindustries.com. Or you can listen to us on iTunes at www.tvpodcastindustries.com forward slash iTunes. Or, of course, again, any other podcast catcher such as Player FM. And, of course, that's the same applies for Gotham as well. You can hear us on iTunes or any other podcast catchers such as um, Stitcher, Player FM, and so on. Yeah, and make sure, as we are a pretty irregular show while the season isn't on air, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast in whatever your podcast app of choice is, and make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, give us a review, let people find us ahead of Season 2. Uh, you'll then get every new episode we release between now and the launch date of Season 2 of Gotham right into your browser. So uh, that's great. Uh, may I just say your Hannibal podcast is excellent. Anybody who's following Hannibal, it's a really good Take on it yourself and Irene have a really good rapport. It's really good to oh, thank you. Yeah, really good to hear you two together. A bit jealous that I'm not on that one because I love Hannibal as well. But sure, I might make a guest appearance once in a while on that show too. 
Maybe in the form of a pleasant plate of food. <laughs> in the spirit of Hannibal. <laughs> possibly, possibly. So Derek, what, what have you been doing? Well, if you follow us on Facebook, uh, obviously Gotham TV Podcast over on Facebook, you may have seen that I've been pretty excited at one particular computer game for, hmm, about mm, two years now, I think, <laughs> uh, since it was first announced. That is Batman Arkham Knight. I'm a huge Batman fan, obviously, why we do this show. Um, and I'm a huge gamer, uh, particularly on the PlayStation 4. Um, I probably got the PlayStation 4 specifically for this game. I got it about six months ago in anticipation of uh, Batman Arkham Knight being released. And I've spent pretty much every uh, every spare moment I had available to me playing the game. I have completed it, and I have to say it is one of the best games I think I've ever played. Uh, the storyline's fantastic. If you're a Batman fan, there are brilliant takes on your favorite characters and some lesser-known ones in there. Really, really enjoyable game and a fantastic send-off for the character. No spoilers. Yeah, but you're on your second round of yes. uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm really enjoying it that much. Yeah. Loads to find and loads to do. And a really crazy Edward Nigma. If you're not a gamer and your only experience of Edward Nigma is on the show Gotham, um, the take that they have of Edward Nigma in the game is fantastic and really good. And you hear him in the background all the way through the game. Really, really good. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a great game. Fantastic. Looks amazing as well. Obviously, there's the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Being divisive, um, I kind of enjoy it. I have to say, but the um, the platforming with the Batmobile is a challenge oh, for yeah. me. I do get spinny and then chuck a whitey and then need <laughs> to lie down for about thirty seconds to regain my composure. Get back up, chuck a whitey, um, and yeah, the, the, that that. That's brought back my um, trucking a YT phase. I used yeah. to get it a lot with Half Life. It's always in your favorite Half- games. Isn't yeah, it? and Half Life Two, um, which I loved as well. And I just because I spin around so much with the controller. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> I have to say, some of the levels that uh, that have the involvement of the of the Batmobile are fantastic. But the the accomplishment you feel when you complete a level that seems impossible to begin with, or complete a, a mission that seems impossible to begin with, particularly with the Batmobile, is uh, is one one of pure joy. And any gamer can can uh, share that experience definitely. So huge recommendation there for me. Go back and get yourself a. Uh, a Batman Arkham Knight game. You might have to get yourself PlayStation 4, so it might be a couple of months before you save up the money for that one. But uh, but there you go. But I think with that, on to the general Gotham news. Yeah. So tons has happened since we've been since you've been not podcasting. Uh, I think our last podcast is about the twenty eighth of May, um, just after the show finished in the UK. Um, so there's been a few great pieces of news uh, since we've since we've been gone. Definitely. I mean, first of all, season two is returning um, in September twenty first, um, and it's going to be Monday again. So it's going to be Magic Mondays again with Gotham, mm-hmm. hopefully right across the globe as it felt like uh, for season one. It's also going to be returning to the UK and it's going to be back on Channel 5 again in the autumn. No exact date on that, but in the autumn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, generally feel Channel 5 are usually a bit closer to the date they announce um, their own launch date. They usually wait for a couple of weeks beforehand, so we probably won't know the exact date that the show's going to launch in the UK and Ireland. 
until around uh, until around September. Uh, we're hoping it's going to be very close to the US, though. But then on the casting, we have Nicholas D'Agosta um, and Chris Chalk, both who we saw as guest stars in season one, and they've now been confirmed as season two regulars. Yeah. So that's really good news. Absolutely. Um, Presumably, it's really going to sort of elevate the appearances of these characters in the show. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas D'Agosto, you may remember, played Harvey Dent in season one. Um, so a really big arc is coming for that character. And yeah. uh, we're really looking forward to seeing what happens with him. Uh, Chris Chalk plays Lucius Fox, um, who is going to become really, really big on the show. One of the things we'll talk about a little later on is the San Diego Comic-Con news, but I did want to bring in a comment made by both David Mazous and Sean Pertwee, where he described the relationship between Lucius Fox, Bruce, and Alfred as Operation Good Guys. They're going to be working within the city as good guys, um, teaming up with Lucius Fox, who gave that very cryptic message towards the end of uh, end of Gotham Season 1 um, to Bruce, telling him that his father was on the side of good. So really interesting to see that team work together in season two yeah they're balancing up the the old uh good guy side which is was beginning to sort of get weighed down a bit with the bad guys so Absolutely. that's really good i wonder whether lucius fox will be giving them spelunking outfits for to check out what's behind the big fire in uh, thomas wayne's study yeah. which we saw at the end of season one that would be very exciting that would be fantastic and speaking about bad guys there is a bit more casting news for uh, for mm. season two um two new characters have been cast uh, james frain who we know from agent carter uh, the marvel tv show uh, he was also in true blood uh, he has been cast in the part of theo gallivan and cast in the part of his sister tabitha gallivan is jessica lucas of cloverfield and um, these two are brand new characters, villainous characters, also cast as season regulars for season two, which is really exciting for me. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but they're they're basically coming in as two industrialists, two very wealthy people coming into the city of Gotham and kind of trying to take it over. We feel they're going they're going to be characters that'll be up against possibly Wayne Enterprises. Um, but one of the big things about this announcement is the fact that they've been cast as season regulars. So we're going to get some brand new characters coming on board to come into the city of Gotham and we're going to get a much more longer form story from them rather than just having them be guest actors for an episode or two. Yeah, long-term bad guys, uh, you know, really potentially going to ramp it up. We saw sort of hints at that with the Cranes, mm -hmm. uh, Daddy uh, and Son Crane uh, in Jonathan and Gerald. Mm -hmm. So that was really good to see. And obviously then with the Ogre, again, we saw sort of quite a nice uh, extended through line for a, a bad guy. But here we have season regular bad guys. Yeah. Um, that's really, really good. And we hope that... Um, you know, that they get used throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it. There's been some talk about uh, which possible DC characters they could be. I've been researching a bit. There are some uh, characters they could possibly lead to, but I'm not going to talk about them now. I don't want to spoil some some sensitive information potentially about what they could become in the season. We'll talk about that as the season begins. And I know that um, Bruno Heller, one of the creators of the show, is very conscious of not setting them up to be a future character he wants to set them up to be industrialists coming into gotham and that's kind of the play that he's done on this so yeah. yeah i mean the general sense here and i think it will come as well with the san diego comic-con news that we're about to get into is that there does seem to be the the situation where yes the gcpd is going to be the anchor for uh, jim gordon and for some of the other cast but that ultimately 
that the view of Gotham is very much out into the city um, and really will not be uh, looking in at some of the inner workings of Gotham, which I think about this time last year, we kind of thought that maybe they would do a Gotham Central style um, and, and maybe look at the intricacies and relationships within the GCPD as well as the wider Gotham universe. But I, I think the view um, of, of Gotham Season 2 is very much more expansive in relation to the city of Gotham and not... N looking in at the gcpd yeah yeah absolutely so that takes us really neatly on to our uh, our san diego comic-con news for gotham san diego comic-con as you probably know took place this last weekend in san diego in the u.s um tons of stuff that came out of there just little tidbits of news not a huge amount of really spoilery stuff but we wanted to talk through some of the exciting stuff that we heard um from from the various members of cast and the creatives that were over at uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. So really good cast panel and really interesting interviews that were held off the back of them. We'll embed a lot of the uh, a lot of the videos of this in our show notes. So if you just want to go to the show notes for this particular episode at gothamtvpodcast.com slash podcasts, you'll find the most recent episode there, this one, and you'll see all the details that we're, we're going to put up. And you'll also be bang on the homepage as well yeah. in the posts as well, straight at the gothamtvpodcast.com homepage. Yep, absolutely. So first up, we have a little quote from uh, from Bruno Heller. This is kind of a, a mix of a few quotes that he gave uh, over the uh, over the time at the panel and some other interviews. Uh, what he said was, season two is what we've always wanted for Gotham. We did a lot of origin stories in season one, uh, which will start to pay off in season two. Now that the organized crime element of Gotham is gone, it will lead to the supervillains taking over. And I think that's really exciting to hear that that's the, the direction that Bruno Heller wants to take the show. Yeah, I mean, in both instances, both um, from the panel, but also from some of the interviews being done, uh, notably for, with IGN.com, it was very much this evolution of the bad guys, basically, that whereas in season one we had the Mafia with Falcone and Maroney, um, those that old school, old style, and we had the whole chaos is coming uh, with the Penguin, and now Penguin, obviously, King of Gotham, but we will now see the beginnings of a new breed. Um, not gremlins, I mm -hmm. hasten to add, <laughs> but, um, you know, more extreme criminal elements uh, coming into play in Gotham. In a sense, the seal has been broken, and the old guard swept aside, either killed or um, retired off, mm -hmm. and now you've got a different breed of, of criminal coming in, and um, notably with Oswald Cobblepot now as the King of Gotham. Yeah. And it'll be interesting just to see whether these other criminal elements begin to challenge Penguin, because he's now in the position that Falcone uh, was last season, mm -hmm. and Falcone had... Maroney, Oswald, and Fish Mooney all vying for his position. Penguin is not necessarily safe and secure. Yeah. Who knows, though? Um, it'll be really interesting to see, I think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much they ramp up this extremity in the criminal element. I mean, is, is it going to be totally, like, crazy? Or is it going to be more measured so that, you know, it's a, an evolution? I think John Stevens talked about it as an evolution. Yeah. Um, so I would expect it's more gradual and ramping and ramping up and up. 
because we don't have, say, like in the Nolan universe, where it was the Batman kind of caused then the criminals to become ever more extreme because actually the, you know, the, the good guy side had to become extreme to to wipe out the criminality yeah. in Gotham. We don't have that here, but maybe there could be some um, vigilante um, characters that are given, again, more... Um, screen time from a regular uh, regular guest appearance um type of slot on the show and mm-hmm. um, more so than say the balloon man or other vigilantes that were seen definitely yep. but i also like the the idea that a lot of the origin stories or some of them may actually see some payoff or further development further evolution into um season two and of those there's two that spring to mind for me and that would be um jonathan crane because he was left in a hospital Mm -hmm. so it'd be interesting that's an area given what we saw the final um scene of that episode with a uh, pretty haunting scarecrow climbing over his hospital bed i'm sure that would make anyone extreme um, and potentially go off the rails Mm-hmm. And the second one being Jerome. Yes. Which is another highlight of San Diego Comic-Con, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Jerome uh, was the character played by Cameron Monaghan in season one that everybody speculated was going to become the Joker. And um, he is playing up to this so much on social media. Uh, absolutely loving loving it. But at San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest moment for me at the weekend, because I'm a huge Gotham oh, fan, definitely. obviously, this moment was fantastic. Essentially, have a look at the panel Um that will pop into the show notes, as I mentioned. Um, but Cameron Monaghan, to everyone's surprise, and it even looked like the cast's surprise, uh, turned up at San Diego Comic-Con, took the microphone away from a uh, an audience member who was asking a question, and shouted out, calling for Jim Gordon, in character, calling for Jim Gordon, and asked him, do you have a high pain threshold? And then, at that moment, he's dragged out by security. Uh, fantastic moment. I didn't see anything else like that happen over the weekend. Uh, Jim Gordon... Uh, well, Ben McKenzie stood up, took the microphone out, and shouted back at him, I will find you, Jerome, I will find you, in character. Great moment, a great way to end a panel in front of thousands of fans for uh, for the TV show Gotham. Really great moment, I think. Yeah, it was a really good surprise. As you say, it wasn't something I'd spotted in any of the other panels that I'd seen. It was a great surprise, though. Absolutely um thought it was spot on the way they did it and again it it plays into the um anarchic feel of jerome as a character and with the hints that is he isn't he um the joker again i just thought really good um little surprise for the audience and possibly even the panel definitely yeah Yeah. definitely the security guards didn't seem to know where to look and what to do they did just drag him out of the place but there's some great little photographs if you have a look on the on the internet for those really good as well speaking of the crazy in season two i think we're also going to be spending a bit more time in arkham as well we've got jerome which is i think that's where he ended up but we've also got the resolution to barbara's story or the continuation of barbara's story and so barbara gordon ended off pretty crazy at the end of uh of season one um, Aaron Richards got, got a conversation with uh, with IGN where she essentially says that this is a character who fell down all the stairs, hitting her, hitting her head on the way down. Um, she's not going to come back from that. She's going to get crazier. This is going to get worse. So uh, really interesting to see what happens there with Barbara. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I think as well, coming back to the craziness of it all, is that uh, John Stevens made um, a little comment, mm -hmm. I think, in one of the interviews where he said, death is not necessarily the end in Gotham. That's right. Now, whether that means kind of resurrection-y type stuff. So again, I'm thinking potentially Gerald Crane, maybe the ogre, mm. um, maybe Barbara's parents. That would actually be quite a nice <laughs> um, resurrection story. Possibly. Um, you know, some of these things, um, because we had mentioned that there were some deaths that occurred in season one where we thought if only they had kept them alive and banged them up in Arkham um, and they could have been, um, in a sense, developed in Arkham and come out and caused more havoc. Again, really making that point that Arkham is like a leaky pipe. It yeah. just leaks prisoners mm -hmm. um so that was an interesting statement or whether it is a question that someone else takes on a mantle so again this could be the concept and the idea embodied by a man such as batman mm -hmm. but on the other side yeah. could ultimately um bring about the continuation of, of someone something and so on yeah. uh, which could be really good so there's a nice little uh exciting and anticipating nod there from john stevens yeah. no i like that i really that started getting ideas whirring around in my head mm -hmm. um, from season one so that was that was an interesting bit of uh of news yeah, and again, we still think the Fish Mooney is alive. There is a very good possibility that they could either leave her alive or dead, and John Stevens seems to be opening up the that little doorway again just to make sure that people know, potentially, if you didn't see someone die on screen, they're not dead. Um, yeah, so really, really good. Uh, a couple other good uh, little pieces from interviews for with the cast. Uh, Cameron Bikendova said that there'll be a new duo for her at the start of Season 2. There'll be a new set of characters for her to play around with and, and to kind of find her place in Gotham she's you know at the end of season one she was dealing with Fish Mooney she joined her team so she can't really go back to uh back to good old good old Brucey um she's gonna need to work out where where she is whether she's the villain or whether she's the hero um but she also says one big thing for me um because we talked about it so much towards the start of season one she says they're gonna be exploring a part of Selena's backstory in season two um do you remember in, in season one, she was carrying around that photograph of her mother and saying that she knew that her mother was still alive and everybody was criticizing her for that? I think that's what they're talking about here, that we could potentially be seeing the backstory of Selena. What happened to her mother? Will she find her? And that will be a nice little development for the character of Selena Kyle for me. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm also assuming even though nothing really was said, uh, I would suspect that Thomas and Martha Wayne's murder will increasingly take a a back seat um, for, and in fact further and further and further back on the coach that is Gotham mm -hmm. um, I would say uh, I, I also think that you know the show has kind of um, said that it's going to stop really being a procedural mm -hmm. so that, again it's another hint that it, it's really not going to be centred on the GCPD even though it will focus where the base for the likes of Jim Gordon, um, obviously uh, Leslie Tompkins uh, and um, Harvey Bullock are going to be, um, but they are ultimately going to look out and look out into the city. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, again, it was something that we had talked about, you know, we would have liked to have seen more serialised elements. And of course, they're saying to replace that procedural element, they are, will become more serialized mm -hmm. uh, and that was coming from Corey michael smith in one of his interviews so that's interesting as well because i think um the 
the rise of the riddle man, the Riddler, um, from Edward Nigma, played brilliantly by Corey Michael Smith in season one. That was a real serialized element, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of season one. Yeah, very much. He said there's loads of characters to play with in the city of Gotham. There's loads of characters you, you want to latch on to, whether they be good or bad guys. And they're taking that on board and turning it into a much more serialized show, which is really what we've wanted. Uh, and we've talked about it because some of the criticisms we had of some of the episodes in season one were that they didn't play out um, over longer periods of time, over longer episodes. So it sounds like they've listened and it sounds like that's the way they're going to go, which is which is really good. Funny you should mention Harvey Bullock's home in the GCPD because there was a fantastic little leak there from Harvey Bullock uh, Donal Logue who uh, who plays the characters being interviewed by Matt Fowler from IGN and um, pretty much straight after Corey Michael Smith made this comment of of the serialization of season two of Gotham Matt Fowler asked Donal Logue you know will you be there to to see the change in um in the riddle man will you be there to to deal with Ed Enigma how is he how are you going to react to the change the response from Donald Logue I thought was really interesting. He said, Harvey's pretty tired. He wants to do something different with his life. He's not sure whether he wants to battle against those elements he's been battling with for so long. Um, and maybe he has a career change going on. And he might meet Ed Nigma. He might possibly not. So it sounds like Harvey may be retiring or maybe leaving the GCPD. Yeah, that was definitely very um, cryptic, very enigmatic mm-hmm. from, from Donald Logue there. Um, but... Again, really intriguing. I'm I'm really um, excited to see what happens with Harvey Bullock. I mean, my only concern is I really hope they um, he doesn't gradually shift out of of um, the lens as well in, in Gotham because some of his episodes last season, like um, Spirit of the Goat, were excellent. I absolutely loved them. Were um, Harvey was front and center of of an episode, yeah. and it was really good. So, um, and where would we be yeah. without the bullockisms every week? Where would we be? Exactly. Oh, such a pity. Uh, that's kind of it for the uh, for the Gotham San Diego Comic Con news. Anything else you thought or you saw there, John? I just recall, you know, obviously that there were also going to be new bad guys coming in, and I think it was Firefly. Mm-hmm. Was one of them, That's so I was right. quite excited by that actually. Yeah, very interesting. Plays a big part in, uh, in Arkham Knight as well. Yeah, great moment. So um, yeah, um, that's one to watch out for. I mean, we all know about Mister Freeze being there as well, uh-huh. um, from from previous uh, conversations and interviews with the creators of Gotham. So it was nice to hear um, another bad guy there, and of course, uh, coupled with the two um, new um, Galavan baddies or corporate baddies which may link in quite nicely with the evil corporate uh, Wayne Enterprises Mm -hmm. then um, it will be It'll be an interesting set of new bad guys and gals to to feast our eyes on and see what happens and certainly if some of them are going to resurrect back to life yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the Galavans, we did get two responses uh, when we when we posted this on our Facebook about the, the casting of the Galavans. Um, two people responded to us saying, uh, is this the start of the Court of Owls because they're a corporate menace in the city? thought that was really interesting and a good point um, brought in by our listeners. Thank you very much for that one. If there's anything we've missed about the Gotham coverage at San Diego Comic-Con, email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. We'll talk about it on the next episode. There's still bit more news from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I'm sure you know what we're going to be talking about, but we have to get it out there. Uh, number one, John, 
we've got the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice trailer. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Loved it. Um, Like, two parts of the trailer that absolutely blew my mind and absolutely loved was Bruce Warren was Bruce Wayne running into the dust cloud, which was obviously a throwback to Man of Steel, where um, Superman is fighting with Zod. And he runs towards the fighting Mm -hmm. through the dust cloud. Really good. It's exactly what Bruce Wayne, Batman, would do. Um, I thought that was fantastic. And you notice the the Wayne Finance sign sitting on the ground behind him, showing that it's one of the Wayne buildings that's been destroyed in this absolute devastation of metropolis so really yeah interesting. i loved then where superman is ripping the roof off the batmobile <laughs> and then just this hunk of a batman stands up and looks at him not afraid yeah. not deterred not wavering just standing up to superman yeah come at me bro yeah come at me soups definitely yeah, <laughs> Great it, it was <laughs> superb um yeah. it really was and i mean then you've got um, Superman trying to deal with the expectations um, of the human race and to try and justify um, his his actions to the human race. And one of the things that really stuck out um, and at me was the response of uh, his mum, mm-hmm. where they're having a talk, and she says, "You owe this planet nothing." You. It was a really. Um, interesting way to go because i thought it was really surprising that his mum would say that to essentially tell her son or her adopted son you know you owe this planet nothing in a sense you do what you want yeah yeah it was really interesting advice wasn't it It was essentially you be their god you be their leader or you do nothing um yeah really great moment from from the trailer um we also saw wonder woman in this trailer twice two big battles um no indication of who she's fighting or whose side she's on she's on will it be Batman and Wonder Woman v Superman, or will the three of them be teaming up against another baddie? Uh, Possibly Lex Luthor, who we also saw our first proper glimpse of, and all that jumps out to me. And it was intended this way because the music drops out is the red capes are coming, the red capes are coming. A nice little nod to the Boston Tea Party, um, to the red red coats are coming from from the, the Independence War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm right War on my of Independence, history. yeah. I am right on my history. Episodes. Lexington and all that. Yeah. yeah. And the one little moment that gave me shivers, um, because it's a nice a nice new thing that we definitely didn't expect, is as uh, Batman walks into the Batcave, sees the costume of Robin covered in graffiti, which looks like the Joker's graffiti with a ha-ha-ha, the joke's on you. Yeah. Looks like an indication that we may be seeing Jared Leto in uh, Batman v Superman. Which will be very, very cool if he does definitely we also have an empty robin costume so robin exists in this universe it is possible that robin is already dead um unfortunately so we may never actually get to see robin on screen but we do see the costume yeah one other thing that i really liked as well was obviously it was batman superman battling and superman fires his you know his lasers from his eyes and there's batman there sort of on uh, the side of a building and he shoots his grapple gun and then whisks off just in time as superman or you think it's superman's laser mm-hmm. um hits the side of the building destroying it as also there's a real dynamic bit from the trailer which obviously um much of christopher nolan's batman was gliding 
around though you didn't really see the use of grapple guns except mm-hmm. to get up from the floor onto the high buildings and yeah. um, i think you, you did see some of it but this was a real kind of it being used in the heat of battle and i thought that was really different really yeah. good and actually reminded me of uh, Arkham Knight, Batman Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. We have been playing it quite a lot. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, no, really, really good trailer. Really enjoyed it. And brilliant that the trailer was released directly after the panel. Um, we were seeing descriptions of it on the internet at the time. Didn't expect it to be to be released as quickly as it was. So really exciting to see that. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Then speaking of the Batman universe, and in particular Joker, mm-hmm. um, there was the Suicide Squad trailer as well, oh, where yeah. we do see full frontal joker yes and um, threatening this he's not going to kill <laughs> kill someone but that he's going to obviously uh hurt them a lot yeah um and that was fantastic Um again you didn't see too much it wasn't certainly wasn't the whole joker that you saw you saw him from the top up so very much the green hair yep. uh and, and some of the tattoos that you'd seen in that uh, publicity shot were on on display here and all the broken um, gold teeth yeah there. and the teeth yeah, yeah definitely um but it does show it as an established uh universe and i love the the opening um with uh amanda waller mm-hmm. they're just saying you know making people turn in on themselves is my speciality i think she says really good really kind of just generally dark and manipulative sounding yeah um, i really like the the idea of that um and then obviously gradually it builds up showing different members of the suicide squad and i think one of the biggest biggest reactions was obviously uh when harley quinn was shown yeah yeah margot robbie looks fantastic in the part we knew she did we've seen you know stills before but i think she just looks great really really good looking forward to seeing it um I do wonder how this how this trailer plays outside of the San, the San Diego Comic Con crowd or a crowd like us, you know, who know a lot of the characters who've seen them in various you know forms over the years. If this was playing in your in your cinema in your local cinema when you went to see you know the Avengers film or something like that, you'd have no idea who most of these characters are. Any of the major actors that are in it are covered in huge amount of makeup or behind masks. Even Will Smith's behind a mask for a lot of the, a lot of the trailer. Um, yeah, you know. So I don't know how this plays. So it does kind of. I do understand why Warner Brothers weren't going to release this trailer directly after San Diego Comic-Con. It got released on Monday, uh, the day after the, the con itself. Um, so, I, But I do understand that they probably would have cut a very different trailer, probably with the with a hero moment from, from Will Smith. That, that moment would have been played up a lot more. But really interesting. And I'm really excited about this film, definitely, just to see what something brand new and an established DC universe is. They're not, it doesn't look like they're telling many origin stories here. It looks like they're going... These are characters that could have come out of the woodwork because of Superman, which I thought was an interesting line in the trailer itself. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, we also do see Batman mm-hmm. on top of a very uh, swish-looking car being driven, presumably by Joker, mm-hmm. with Harley Quinn in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. So really, really good, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very interesting. One of our listeners, Doug Green, um, who's been listening for a long time, uh, made a comment to us today that... Uh, this is the one he's more excited about. He's not actually as excited about Batman v Superman. It seems to be too serious. Whereas Suicide Squad seems to be getting the tone right of a movie about a bunch of dirty dozen supervillains who are going out to do something heroic. So um, I'm kind of I'm kind of on his side. I do see I do see why he's finding this one the more intriguing one. But I'm sorry, 
Batman versus Superman is, is something I've always wanted to see on screen. So I'm uh, that's that's my vote. I think for me, Suicide Squad could, to some degree, be equated maybe with Guardians of the Galaxy from the Marvel side. It mm. is that unknown quantity, maybe for a lot of people. Yeah, even like me, who reads comics, and for other people, I do, but I've never really followed Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them in the same way I've heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'd never really read any of the comics that much or really followed them. Um, and so, to me, this is going to be a nice surprise, hopefully. Yeah. Whatever. Yes, you know Joker, you know Batman, you know Deadshot. Certainly, I suppose Arrow has raised the profile of Suicide Squad as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is still very much an unknown uh, quantity with regards to how they all work and act together um, in in this film. So I'm really looking forward to this too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, that's pretty much it for Comic-Con news. There's a little bit more um, in addition to this. Some news that we haven't talked about in the past. We've we've spoken to the cast of Constantine before, another one of our DC Connected shows. Um, we've been talking about Constantine and how much we've enjoyed it over the last couple of years. Uh, one thing that did happen, unfortunately, since we um, since we went off air with our with our podcast, uh, Constantine has been officially cancelled by NBC uh, with all of the cast being released from their contracts. They all, all signed on for their usual four or five year contracts with NBC for this show. And unfortunately, all of them have now been released from their contracts. But a little ray of hope came out this week. You mentioned Arrow, John. Uh, a little ray of hope came out, came out during San Diego Comic-Con in a, in a really interesting interview. Um with the one of the creators of of Arrow, where they essentially said they are officially looking to get Matt Ryan, who played Constantine in the TV show, they are officially looking to get him on board for season four of Arrow, um, with some kind of ties into the mystical side of the DC universe. Really exciting for me. I'm really interested to see what they do. Yeah, no, I mean it was really um, out of the blue, um, and it was a great confirmation, and it's all kind of seemingly surrounding um, the appearance of the magical, mystical character called Simon Dark mm-hmm. in Arrow for season four. So um, this could be really, really good. I mean, it certainly, CW are more than happy to link in, as they've done really successfully with The Flash mm-hmm. um, and have those crossovers going on. Um, they've obviously, you know, taken it down the mystical route as well with sort of the whole um, the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and with Rachel Gould as well. And Rachel Gould definitely. And now they're bringing in sort of Simon Dark, which is this magical character. And now the idea of bringing in um, Constantine. I mean, it does show some great confidence from this network in what is possible and that nothing necessarily should be off um off the slate yeah. and so hopefully fingers crossed touch wood stroke the rabbit's foot all <laughs> of that um you know it could be um a really nice um way of getting constantine back on the tv at least just the character yeah um and that deadpan delivery that we all love as Hellblazers. So really interested to see if this comes off. Um, yeah. It would be great if it did. Um, again, 
we would still shout hashtag save Constantine. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, that does it for this episode. Um, thank you very much for listening for our coverage of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. We will be returning in a few weeks' time. Um, just to remind you, we are going to New York Comic-Con in October, uh, which is where both of us will be present for hopefully a Gotham panel and hopefully some interviews with uh, some other interviews with the cast and some other great panels that are over there. Um, make sure you follow us for that for that coverage. And um, that will be about three weeks into the uh, into Gotham and in, uh, in the US. So, um, so hopefully they'll have a lot more to talk about. Yeah, and I mean we're also thinking that we might try and do some kind of Gotham evening, just a get together for people who are in New York for NYCC, or indeed who aren't in there for the Comic Con, but are avid fans of Gotham. And indeed, listen to Gotham TV podcast. We're hoping that maybe there's a couple of people in New York, mm-hmm. um, or a couple of people who are visiting um, NYCC for for the weekend, whether it's for the full four days or whether it's for just one of the days, and maybe that we can arrange and um, to have um, some drinks, get together, chat, share our stories, um, at New York and um, in a bar, um, and enjoy. Uh, the Gotham community. Absolutely. So we will try and build that and and organize that over time and we will of course let you know um the details of that um sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah, so in the meantime we did get some feedback from Daniel Butcher and from Natalie Welsh who want to say thank you so much for the feedback. It is on the season of Gotham so we're going to talk about it on our wrap up show which we should be doing. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, if you want to send in your own fee- feedback, send it to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. It's the best way to get in contact with us. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Gotham TV Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Gotham TV Podcast, and also on Google Plus, again, Gotham TV Podcast. And remember, you can listen to all our podcasts on www.gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or subscribe as well through iTunes and subscribe through any good podcast catcher to um, be informed of the latest podcasts from Gotham TV Podcasts. Well, that's episode 48 done, John. I need two more to go to episode 50. Might be doing something special for that one, but we'll uh, we'll let you know. Thanks very much for listening. Yeah, take care. (laughs) (laughs) 